we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a special Q&A episode that we have coming up in December. We're going to be talking to Kevin Elmy from Cover Crops Canada. So if you have any questions about cover cropping, cocktail crops, using them for feed, forage, or even just as a green manure for your cropland, send us a message. Let us know what you want to know. Uh, there's a pinned post on our Facebook page you can comment on, or you can email your questions to podcast at pcbfa.ca, or you can tweet them at PCBFA on Twitter. Thanks, and enjoy the episode! Coffee, Cows, and Crops is produced by the Peace Country Beef and Forage Association and hosted by Extension Coordinator Johanna Murray. On this podcast, we discuss management practices and research results with scientists, ranchers, researchers, and farmers. We strive to share innovative information and farming practices supported by sound science and practical wisdom. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get learning. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to uh, Coffee, Cows, and Crops. Today, I'm chatting with Dave Evans from the Alberta Biodiversity Monitoring Institute about the work that he does and uh, the function of biodiversity in Alberta. But before we get into all that good stuff, uh, Dave, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about what you do at ABMI and all that. Awesome. Well, thanks for the opportunity to speak with you uh, and your listeners. So my name's Dave, uh, and I work for the Alberta Biodiversity Monitoring Institute and InnoTech Alberta. So it's a bit of a weird relationship between InnoTech Alberta uh, and ABMI, because ABMI is InnoTech Alberta, the University of Alberta, and the University of Calgary all working simultaneously on this ABMI project together. So I'll just get that out of the way first. I, I technically work for InnoTech Alberta, but pretty much all of my work is spent on the ABMI um, program. So um, I have been with the ABMI since uh, 2013. So I did three seasons as a summer field staff, uh, summer field technologist, and then now I've spent um, six years full-time uh, as a field coordinator, um, coordinating on the oil sands monitoring program and on the ecosystem health program as a terrestrial field coordinator. So yeah, I've been, uh, I've been lucky enough to, to work all across this province, um, monitoring biodiversity from our border with Montana to the border with Northwest territories, East, West, every corner of the province. Um, it, it's been, it's been really incredible as I'm not originally from Alberta. I'm originally from Ontario, but I feel like I know Alberta, like the back of my hand now, and I would get lost in Ontario. So I feel really fortunate to, uh, <laughs> to, to have had these experiences and, and, and work with uh, such a great group of individuals at ABMI. And uh, I'm excited to talk about what we do with you and your listeners today. Right on. So before we get started, um, we often talk about biodiversity in terms of how many species are present. We talk about it a lot in soil health and like diversity of microbes and that sort of stuff. But when the ABMI is talking about biodiversity, what, what are they ref referring to? Absolutely. Yeah. So biodiversity is kind of this buzzword that gets tossed around that not many people, maybe people have different definitions of what it actually means. So I can speak to what ABMI considers to be biodiversity. So biodiversity, um, many people will think, oh, okay, we're, we're looking at how many moose or how many deer or chickadees, lodgepole pines are around. And that's, that's part of what we do. But really when you get down to it, 
biodiversity is the variety of life found on earth. So there's many different ways you can look at this. So we're looking at it as species diversity. So how many species do we have? So that can be animals, plants, insects, microorganisms, you name it. If you can think of it as living, then we're looking for it. So that's species diversity, but we're also looking at habitat diversity because it's great to have a lot of species that they only inhabit one habitat. But when you have multiple habitats, that's when you actually can get an even greater number of species. So habitat diversity, where these organisms live, how they connect, how they interact, and then also genetic diversity. So the genetic makeup of all organisms. So you don't want to have too small of a genetic po uh, bottleneck or a population that's too small. Um, you want to be able to have a healthy genetic diversity, which means you're going to have healthy habitat diversity and species diversity. They're all interrelated. And we try to take a high level approach to learn as much as we can about all three levels of this um, across the entire province to be able to get an understanding of how the province is, uh, is doing in all of these kind of different markers and all these different uh, meanings of the word biodiversity. Cool. So you've already kind of answered this question, but in terms of doing all of this, watching for markers and stuff, what does the ABMI do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as I kind of alluded to, there's, it's, it's not a, it's not as simple as, uh, just going out and, and looking for one uh, organism or something. And, um, so the ABMI, we monitor species habitats and the effects of human impacts across the province and how that impacts, uh, these species and habitats. Um, so, Basically, our, our idea is to take biodiversity data and translate it to biodiversity knowledge. So looking at ecosystems and how intact they are and trying to I, get an idea about how what, what, what an ecosystem would look like without human impacts and how close we are to that at this point. Um, we would like to provide information for free for public online. So when I go out with my summer staff every year um, and we collect information for the entire summer season, all of that data is released publicly for free online. So we look at all of this information and we, we also have many different groups within the ABMI who take the raw data and package it in different ways so that it's a bit easier to consume because um, as someone who has to go through all of the data at the end of the season and during the season, it, it's hard to make sense of. So there are, uh, we, we release it in many different forms of saying, this is how the data, um, this is what we've learned in this past season. And one of the, the things I really appreciate and, and have enjoyed with ABMI is the idea that we don't say if things are getting worse or better. We just say that this is what we've seen on the ground or from the air with our geospatial group. Um, we just say what we are seeing and we don't make any value judgments on it. That's not our position. We're here to be a third party to say, this is what is happening currently at this moment in the province and be able to have that as a marker as we move forward within Alberta. Um, cool. Yeah, so we provide land use planning and sustainable resource management information to help, to help, um, to help with sustainable resource management um, and land use. And we also have, uh, so 
I'm very heavily involved with the field season, the summer field season. Um, so we hire um, 40 to 60 summer staff seasonally. Um, that's how I started with the program. Um, and they, the summer staff will come in and work for us uh, across the province, uh, sampling for biodiversity in our ecosystem health program or our new um, oil sands monitoring program. And uh, this is going to our main sample sites um, with our ecosystem health program, uh, where we have a site every 20 kilometers across the entire province. And the idea is to go back every five to 15 years and resample in the exact same place um, for the exact same protocol and see how things have changed over time. And that's our way of being able to have a marker um, at different points in time um, on all of these different species that we're monitoring. So birds, mammals, trees, uh, plants, um, soil microbes, uh, inverts in water, soil and water chemistry, you name it, we're looking for it. And uh, it's been really cool to be working in a program where one day you'll be in a swamp, the next day you'll be on top of a mountain, next day you might be downtown somewhere. Um, and we're, we're going to all these different places and working with landowners um, and leaseholders and, and industries to be able to have this effective blanketing monitoring approach across the entire province. Cool. That's uh, part of part of what we do. We, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting so excited about talking about this. Um, we also have a caribou monitoring unit that are really looking at caribou um, and uh, the effects of, of human impacts on woodland caribou across woodland and, and mountain caribou um, across Western Canada. So not even uh, just even outside of Alberta. Uh, we have a geospatial center that are really pushing the envelope on uh, monitoring uh, geospatial parameters and releasing many, many different layers for free every year. So there's a human footprint, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, there's a human footprint map that comes out every year uh, where they go across the province in a really fine scale and map the human impacts uh, every year as they expand across the province. Um, we have a processing center that um, out of the University of Alberta, where they process all of the samples that we collect every year. And it seems to me that uh, I don't have the exact number, but every year it seems we have a new species um, to science or a new species to Alberta that we're discovering because um, many of these areas we go, we're not necessarily looking for new species and we just happen to be the ones who are there. So. If you don't monitor for it, you won't know that it's there. So that's kind of our, our blanket approach is, is great to be able to expand the biodiversity that we even know that we have in the province. And uh, yeah, and then our science center cool. is uh, advancing monitoring science across the province as well with new triangling new protocols and, um, and trying to push this monitoring science to new levels. That's really cool. So with all of this, um, obviously there's a lot of different things you can do with all of that data, which makes it uh, pretty important. But are there other things that get you really excited about what you can do with, with this monitoring project? I mean, for me, um, as being one of the people who actually go to all of these places across the province, um, I, I'm really excited about some of the new technologies that we're testing out um, and really pioneering. Um, and, and just being able to go to, to all of these different areas and, uh, 
every day is, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get into every single day. Um, it's, uh, working in, in some of these remote locations is, is very exciting. And, uh, running into some of the larger creatures out in the middle of nowhere is always, uh, is always a, a fun experience. But I think, I think for me in this past summer, we were trialing some, uh, environmental DNA sampling, um, to, procedures. So uh, taking water samples to be able to extract the DNA of any organism within that wetland um, was a really interesting new new um, protocol that we were trialing. Um, we were trialing some bat monitoring protocols. So looking for bats across the province and um, using aerial monitoring for that, uh, acoustic monitoring, sorry, for that. So there's, there's never a dull moment. Um, I feel like we're always being challenged to try to develop new protocols and and how to how to uh, how to get more efficiency um, and uh, yeah I, I I've just uh, been very lucky and fortunate to be working with this group. Right on. I know for a lot of assessments like the government of Alberta's pasture health assessment or or the riparian health assessments that cows and fish does. There's lots of emphasis. Uh, put on whether a plant species is tame or if it's weedy or if it's native or not native. Um, is it the same for ABMI or uh, do you put any focus on that sort of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we do uh, um, at all of our main ecosystem health sites uh, where, so the sites every 20 kilometers, we, we conduct um, uh, vascular plant uh, species surveys uh, at our uh, at both a terrestrial site, so wherever the site lands, and then at an associated wetland as well for aquatic plants. Um, and so that those sites typically we're just doing a, a survey to see what's actually there. So we're looking for documenting each species, whether it's tame or not. And that data can then be used later to classify if they're weedy or not. But alongside that, we do... Um, actually take it another step when we're working in rangeland areas. So then we are also looking at doing a, an, an adapted uh, rangeland status assessment or range a riparian status assessment as well um, from cows and fish. So it's, it's, it's what they're doing, but a little bit uh, less intense just because we have a number of other protocols that we're collecting at the same time. So it's more of a, a version that's a bit uh, a bit faster to complete and a little bit less training, but we're still looking at identifying those species, whether they are weedy, um, tame or not, uh, introduced and how that can influence those areas and, and providing a, a status score for those, uh, for those areas. So it, it does play into it. We do have a number of different protocols where this can be captured. Um, and, uh, yeah. That makes sense. So all of this information you said is publicly available. It's all on your website. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so how, say, a producer is interested in um, getting more native plants back in his pasture or, or that sort of stuff or, or making um, habitat for wildlife a priority. Um, how can they use that sort of information for management? Or even if they've got, uh, like, they're farming on the slopes of the Peace River and they just want to know what's supposed to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's a, that's a really great question. And um, 
ABMI is as it's as we don't have like such detailed down to each land area um, kind of assessments um, because we're surveying every 20 kilometers across the whole province. Um, we do, we are able to ex extrapolate from that information and the geospatial center and, and the other centers within ABMI um, have created these tools where we have a, a mapping portal on our website where you can actually type in your legal land description, zoom into your land, and then look at the different map layers where it'll show what would be the range of typical species. And you can search for different species down a drop-down menu. Um, and it'll show what would have been there um, without human disturbance or what would be there expected now. You can also look, I believe, with um, climate change and how that's supposed to be impacting the movement of species throughout our province and the impacts that that might be. Um, so you can, you can use this mapping portal. It's, it's, it's super cool to, to work with as someone who doesn't know how to make any of that happen. Um, it, it's really interesting to see how our data can, uh, that we collect in the field can, can lead to that. Um, so we have a, we also have a custom reporting tool that'll be coming online in January, where if you're really interested in your parcel of land, you can contact us and then we can work out, um, a, a certain report that comes back to you as a landowner. Um, to be able to give you more specifics on any questions you might have uh, pertaining to your own property. Um, that might be, it could be anything that you're really interested species-wise. Um, and then we also have our biodiversity browser, which is, uh, which is a great little tool on our website as well. So it, it basically, you can search for whatever species you're interested in, and it'll show you a range map that we've discovered for that species across the province. And it'll also show how that species relationships, uh, how, how, it, how it relates to different areas and, and human disturbances across the province and give you a lot more information. So there's, there's multiple levels. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, we release all of the data for free online. Uh, the spreadsheets are quite overwhelming. So these are a couple of the products that we're trying to get out that make it a little bit easier to, to understand um, and, and, and more useful for, for many of the public. That's awesome. So uh, you mentioned that you've got lots of protocols and because you're doing uh, this at every 20 kilometers, obviously you guys have probably <laughs> got this down to a, a science. Um, but if someone wants to start doing more plant ID and monitoring on their own property, even just in their tame pasture, they want to kind of keep track of what's there and how this community changes. Uh, is there anything you'd recommend uh, that they start with? Oh yeah, uh, I I mean I'm I'm someone who who when I first came out for my first season in Alberta, um, my my parents are big gardeners and I was not into plants at all and not interested at all. And I really have fallen in love with uh, learning botany and learning uh, plant ID. And some of my top recommendations would be um, just just get out and, and speak with people who are who are already interested in this. There's many local botany conservation outdoors groups. Um, the Alberta Native Plant Council is a really great resource. They have online, uh, they've been holding online webinars um, and they have, uh, monthly meetings where you can tune in and just learn from other experts and, and, and just, and just talk to people about other resources. Um, even just going to a garden center or nursery is a really great way to, to just start dipping your toes into this area. It, it can be really, uh, 
there's a lot of species out there and especially um in the in a rangeland it's grasses are some of the hardest ones to start with but there's some really easy wins i think in in some of these areas and uh, i think it's just starting to get to know the little differences it's less about learning everything all at once but it's starting to learn differences and just even being out on your own property um you'll be able to start picking up. You know, I'm sure everyone has already, uh, they already have a couple that they already know are different. They might just not know the names right now. Um, but I guess some of my top book recommendations uh, would be Common Plants of the Western Rangelands. It's a three-part book series from um, Kathy Tannis out of Cremona, Alberta. Um, they they do they also do courses with uh, Tannis um Tannis Environmental um, in Cremona, where they they invite people out to their ranch and and then do um, grassland ID courses or other courses like that. And it's I've taken it before, and it, I've learned so much from them. Um, it's very very good stuff, and, and their books are incredible. and And they they've got great pictures. It's it's easy to to understand. And if you're in more of a, a forested setting, uh, I would really recommend also the Lone Pines Plants of the Western Forest book as well. That's my go-to plant Bible. So uh, <laughs> I'm always I'm always going back to that one uh, constantly. That's good. I know uh, up in the piece here, we're really in a boreal sort of setting. So that's, that's good to know because a lot of, yeah, I find a lot of this sort of conversation tends to focus really hard on native rangeland which fair enough, it's cool, but it, it's nice to have some resources for more boreal settings. Absolutely. And, and I guess another really good tool that the ABMI has developed is we have a, an application you can get on your phone. It's called uh, nature links. So nature and then links like the animal and uh, this application um, you can take a picture of, uh, of a plant or an animal and um, just upload it to nature links. And then one of our panel of experts will actually either identify it for you, or you can, you can, uh, suggest an identification for it and that'll be approved, or you might get more feedback from others on the app saying, oh, that might also be like this. So it's more of an Alberta specific iNaturalist where you're also feeding into the ABMI's data set, um, as well, um, and expanding our knowledge of, of, plants and animals and and uh, spiders and insects right here in Alberta. Cool. That's really neat. So what sort of information do you collect at each site? Just kind of when when you show up at a site, what do you what do you do? <laughs> yeah, so it, it really depends on uh, the program that we're we're running. So um, uh, for our ecosystem health, what I'll, I'll just kind of focus on that because it's our longest running. It's from the ABMI's inception to now, and we're still going through um, these sites every 20 kilometers. So at these sites, we do three visits. So we go out in the winter and we'll deploy trail cameras and ARUs, which are autonomous recording units. And these are basically microphones with a little um, computer and we just drill them onto a tree and leave them. And we come back uh, a couple months. Well, we come back in the summer uh, and about six months later and pick them up. And they've just been recording. Uh, we can set them to record at certain intervals so they can record the entire time. Or we usually set them to record at sunrise and sunset and about midday as well. Um, so that's our first visit to the sites. 
Then we'll go out with summer staff once we've hired them in May. Um, and we'll start going out for our second visit. So we'll go out and we'll establish the site. So delineate all of the lines with flagging tape and compasses, making sure all our lines are straight, which is uh, a lot more difficult than it sounds. Uh, and, um, and then we start doing our, our tree surveys, our soil surveys, um, downwoody material surveys. And we also do our moss and lichen surveys at this point as well, which are um, moss and lichen are somewhat of a, a commodity that, or a species group that I think are underlooked in a lot of our, our, our lives. And um, having not spent much time before ABMI, uh, now that I've looked at moss and lichen quite a bit, it's, it's amazing when you actually get down on your hands and knees and see the diversity that we have in those species groups and how sensitive they are. And they can tell us so much about the impacts on a certain area. So I definitely, definitely recommend taking a closer look the next time you see some moss and lichen. Um, there's a lot more there than meets the eye when you're just walking by. So that's cool. our second visit. <laughs> and uh, our, our third visit is we split off between terrestrial crews and aquatic crews. So our terrestrial crews will go and do our plant surveys, collect the cameras and ARUs, and they'll also go out and um, do complete tree cores, low veg surveys. Um, so basically doing smaller plots um, for vascular plants in rangelands and our rangeland status assessments. And then uh, we also have aquatic crews that go out to an, a wetland nearby to the terrestrial site. And they'll do a, a bathymetry, so mapping the wetland they'll do um, analysis of the different water parameters um, and they'll do um, mapping of the wetland. Um, they'll look at the wetland plant assemblages and also do a riparian status assessment there as well. So there's a couple of different uh, times that we visit the site throughout the year. And then, um, yeah, so all of this is available as well on our website, uh, abmi.ca. Um, Cause I'm just kind of going through it pretty quickly and I'm, I hope I, I got everything, but uh, there's definitely a lot more there. For sure. No, I think that's a good overview and yeah, I'll be linking all of that sort of stuff. Everything we've mentioned will go uh, in the link, <laughs> linked in the description. So yeah, I'll have to send you a large list of links. <laughs> just so I don't miss anything. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention that maybe we haven't talked about yet, uh, a project or, uh, anything like that? Um, well, I, I think uh, I'll highlight again, uh, nature links is a really cool application for your phone. Um, it can be used by anyone throughout the province of Alberta, and it's a really cool way to interact with other people who are interested in our natural world right here in Alberta. Um, it can be in downtown Edmonton, could be downtown Calgary, could be in the middle of nowhere. Um, it, it doesn't matter where you are, but it's it's adding to our collective knowledge uh, of what's what's out there. And um, it's it's a cool way to interact and learn a lot more about species that you might not know much about. So. Um, uh, if you if you don't happen to know much about um, butterflies or something, you take uh, photos, then you can have someone else suggest an identification or identify it for you. And it's a, it's a really interesting way to learn. Um, and it's a, it's a really fun project. Um, I definitely recommend to take a look at our, our website um, with all the different ways that you can view the data. So looking at our mapping portal, uh, biodiversity browser, 
we have um, a new website that uh, we're developing. Um, it's it's called uh, Wild Tracks. It's been out for a little bit and it's it's still growing and it's really exciting. So Wild Tracks is a platform where you can upload if you have trail cameras that you or ARUs that you're using or your organization is using, then you can upload the data to this website. And it's a really easy way to actually be able to visualize and understand huge amounts of data. Um, so we have uh, a couple thousand trail cameras out in the province at any one point. And um, speaking from experience, having to go through all of the photos individually myself, a couple million images, uh, it takes a really long time. So we've been able to, to nail down that process and be able to use that. So um, if you're interested in trail cameras, I'd really check out, I'd really recommend checking out wild tracks. Um, and yeah, I'd just say we have a, a webinar series as well. That's uh, that's, we just had a webinar um, just this week about caribou monitoring in Western Canada by our caribou monitoring unit. Um, so Melanie Dickey, uh, was presenting at that and it was really, really impressive. We have one on November 3rd coming out about mosses bryophytes in Alberta with our taxonomist Krista Williams. Um, so I would definitely check out, check it out. We're doing, we're trying our best to, to get as much information out uh, to the public as possible. Um, as you can tell, I'm pretty excited about all of this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to learn and, uh, I'm excited to, we're excited to share it with as many people as we can. Right on. And you have a podcast too, right? <laughs> I do. So, um, when I'm not stomping around in the woods, um, I also spend some time volunteering, um, with the aquatic biosphere project, um, so this is completely not taking off my ABMI Inotech Alberta hat. Uh, and uh, so this is on my, my own free time, but I have a, my own podcast called uh, What Are We Doing and How Can We Do Better? And it can be found on all major podcast uh, platforms. And really it's, it's looking at how water plays such a crucial role, not only in social, economic political, but so many different aspects of human life. And I take all of these different topics and talk to the experts um, and try to get down to what are we doing and how can we actually do better on many different global social uh, issues, um, environmental issues around the world and try to make it something that's easy to understand and digest and, um, and try to touch on topics that many people might not even know had really had a lot to do with water. Cool. And oh, one thing I forgot to ask, and you might have touched on it and I might have missed it, but um, how long has the ABMI been doing this monitoring? How long has that been a, a thing? <laughs> oh man, I need to take a look. Um, it's ABMI has been around, I believe we started um, in the, I believe it was around between 2007, 2009. Um, and that was really when we started doing our protocol, uh, prototyping. Um, but we're, we're just, we just completed a 10 year scientific review, uh, where we had an international panel of scientists, uh, take a look at our protocols and, and really go through and make sure that what we were doing 
was scientifically valid and it was worthwhile for the funding that we were receiving um, to continue on with this progress. And it was, mm -hmm. it was very, it came back quite positively, which we were very excited to hear. Um, but it's, it's, uh, the ABMI is, is, is fairly new in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, we still haven't been to every single site out of our sites every 20 kilometers. So we're still, we're really pushing to get to all of these sites, but it also really depends on, on working. Um, many of these sites are in quite far remote locations, or they're also working with individual landowners to be able to access these sites and to be able to go back for years into the future um, to be able to monitor long-term. So I'd like to give a, a shout out to all of our landowners out there um, and who are so excited to, to work with us and, and let us um, come onto their land and, and show off the, the great stuff that's being done on an individual basis as well um, for, for protecting forage, protecting um, native areas as well. So, yeah. That's awesome. I think, uh... I think we'll probably call it there, <laughs> but thank you very much for doing this. This is great. For everybody listening, uh, all of the resources and stuff we've mentioned, they will go into the description of the podcast. Um, I highly recommend you look up, uh, at the very least, you go to the ABMI's website and you look at all their data because I've been on there and it's pretty cool what they've got on there. So, <laughs> yeah, Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, uh, we'd, uh, we'd love... Uh, Love having feedback and love sharing the resources that we found and uh, always happy, happy to talk about uh, a day in the life. Here. Peace Country Beef and Forage Association is a research and extension group based out of Fairview, Alberta. Our mission is to help producers thrive in an agricultural system that is profitable, regenerative and attractive to future generations. To learn more about what we do and see the results of our research trials or our archive of newsletters and fact sheets, check out our website at peacecountrybeef.ca. Want to get in touch? Have a burning question or a topic suggestion? Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thanks for listening.